Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to this edition of Wise Men Say, the Hull City podcast. My name's Alex, and tonight I'm joined by my co-host, John. Good evening, John. How are you? Good evening, Alex. I'm great, thanks. How are you doing? Yeah, really good, thanks, and really looking forward to this one, as I welcome one of our best friends who is going to join us tonight. Welcome, Robbie. Hello. Nice to be on. Yeah, how are you doing? Yeah, great, thank you. I'm uh, looking forward to this. Great stuff. Well, let's get straight in and let's get to know Robbie a bit more. So, Robbie, can you tell us, uh, I'm going to do Woody's questions in a minute. Can you just tell us a little bit about your story and your background and how how us three became to be friends? Yeah, um, sure. Do you want me to start from the beginning or? Wherever you want to start, mate. We've been here a long time. We've known each other for a very long time. Um, obviously, met you at school. I think we started going to football together, to be fair. Started going to the, to watch Full uh, City. Um, had a season ticket together for about five or six years, I think, was it? Maybe slightly longer. Yeah. Um, How good were our seats, by the way? Yeah, fantastic. Right in the centre, I think, every year. Yeah. Right, East End. Um Yeah. So I think that that's how we met. That's how we came to become good friends, and then uh, sort of progressed from there. Um, obviously, continued being friends right into our thirties, as some of us are now. Oh yes, of course. It's fast approaching me and you, John, isn't it? That that thirty mark. I know. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen that meme where there's a hurricane chasing him. Yeah, that's. Uh... <laughs> yeah. How does it feel to be thirty, Robbie? You know what? It's actually the most depressing birthday I've ever had. Not just because it was in lockdown, but also because turning 30, best years of your life are gone. <laughs> you remember on Wise Men say it's positive vibes only. <laughs> 30 is the new 20. <laughs> I believe it when I see it. No, I'm joking. It's not that bad. It's great. Great stuff. So let's get straight into the famous Woody's questions. So, Robbie, are you aware of what's coming? Have you heard these before? I'll be honest, I haven't. Great stuff. So, I haven't got a clue what's about to happen, but let's do it. Right, it's five questions, and all I want you to do is answer as quickly as possible. Um, don't, try not to think about it. Just just answer the first thing that comes into your head. Right, okay. okay. Yeah. First question. Earliest Hull City moments or memory? Earliest memory was probably, um, I mean, from a live point of view, it was watching Stuart Elliott um, scoring 27 goals, I believe. That was uh, that was 
the first, early, it's the earliest live memory I have from, from watching it. I did go to Boothbury Park as a very young child because I lived outside Boothbury Park, as you know. Um, but I cannot remember that, unfortunately, because I was under the age of, I think, about six or seven. Great stuff. Yeah, is that the, the League One season where it banged? Yeah, yeah. I believe, did we have them in League Two as well? Because I started watching them in League Two, like live at the Kircom. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we did. He ripped it in League One. Yeah. Destroyed 27 goals for sure. So, second question. Favourite Hull City goal or goals? Uh, without a shadow of a doubt, Giovanni, um, best Premier League match ever, 2-1 against Fulham, Shout. 100%. It's an interesting one, that one, isn't it? Because the season before in the Championship, we didn't come from behind to win in any games whatsoever. Um, so when we went behind in our first Premier League game against Fulham, it was almost a certain loss or draw. So to go on and win it, that and with Giovanni oh, scoring that first goal, you know, that was, you know, ecstasy, you might say. Hmm. Yeah, it was a great start to his uh, to his career in Black and Amber as well. I think it was his first game for us. So. Yeah, great pretty start. Impressive, pretty impressive way to start. Absolutely. Question three. Favourite Hull City manager? It's a close one, isn't it? Um I think for me, Phil Brown, purely because of what he achieved with such a, a small budget and what uh, that was languishing at the bottom of the championship, I believe was in the relegation zone when he first took over. And then to actually get us promoted within two seasons, I think is uh, pretty special. Didn't spend a great deal of money, which other managers have had. Um, so, yeah, I'd, I'd say him. Great shout. Favourite Hull City player? That's, I mean, that's a tough one. Mm. Um, I'd probably go... I mean, Ian Ashby would be the obvious choice. Um, his leadership through every division in the Football League pyramid. Um, but I would also have to throw Andy Dawson in there. I couldn't possibly choose between the two. Uh, for me, they're both just all city through and through. And I believe they're both still live in the area as well. So, between them two. Shout. And finally... Best player you have seen against us? Bit of a strange one, really, but I'd say Robinho, um, from memory, being at um, the Etihad when, when we first played Man City in the first ever game in the Premier League that we had against them. Um, he absolutely tore us apart. I think it was like 4-1 uh, or 4-0 by half-time, and he, he just, we just couldn't handle him at all. Was that shortly after he, he, he signed for the wrong club? Because... His agent told him he was signing for Manchester United, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, it was also the infamous half-time team talk on the pitch, mm. which was infamous. Um, which at the time was crazy, but we were all sort of stood there going, well, to be fair, they have been absolutely horrendous, but they maybe don't deserve to have a team talk on the pitch in front of the fans. Yeah. Well, well done, Robbie. You have made it through Woody's questions. Yeah, there we go. So great answers right. there. I, I, th- I think I say this every time, but like great memories. Uh, but it, it genuinely true. Obviously, having grown up with Robbie, uh, the pair of us have, and just good to sort of reminisce on those times. Like we've probably lived together. There's memories such as uh, you think back to Wembley as well when we all went when we were seventeen. So yeah, some yeah. Good, good times. Yeah, I'm, I definitely will share that photo. I reckon um, tonight yeah. with all at Wembley. <laughs> well, tough. <laughs> Some risky haircuts in there. There is, yeah. I'm wearing a hat. Indeed. <laughs> okay, then. So, we've got a couple of games to go through, uh, and then we're going to move on to talk about the transfer window, how it's going so far. And then we're going to do a couple of predictions uh, for the next two games, and then we're going to do Hull City Alphabet letter Q. So. First game we have to review is the point at home to Blackpool. I'm going to give you both the team and then ask you both for a bit of reaction. So, George Long in goal, Emmanuel Burke, Greaves and Elder, Doherty, Honeyman and Smallwood, and then a start for Gavin White, Josh McGuinness and Malik Wilkes. 
So I'm going to come to you first, John. What's your reaction to the to the Blackpool game? Um, well, it was it was a strange one, really. Obviously, two points dropped, uh, in my opinion. Great strike from Wilkes to open up the scoring. He seemed to set his feet really well. He took it into his stride and, and lengthened his stride slightly so he could time it really well and, and, and finish really well into the far corner. Um, obviously, it was a good run from from White. Um, he looks like he could be the, the White player for us. Uh, but, going to, so far. <laughs> um, and, but yeah, it looked quite, quite handy on that side. And he obviously put the ball in. McGuinness did well to keep it alive after a bit of a tussle with the defender and then Wilkes finished well. Um, following on from that, obviously, disappointed. Berk was caught, wasn't he? Disappointed to see him sent off because only minutes later you concede from a set piece. So it just shows how important it is to have our key players on. So, yeah, my opinion, two points uh, dropped, um, but at least the result wasn't as bad as the quality of the pitch. Well, fair enough. I want to come to you, Robbie, for your reaction. Yeah, I think it emphasises the point how important Bert can be to us because he's, I think he's been outstanding throughout this season, particularly the first uh, first few games where we kept consistently in sheets. Um, but it's, you know, it was a pretty bad back pass by Smallwood. Just a little bit sloppy, I think McCann came out and, and mm-hmm. admitted that himself, that we were very sloppy with our passing. And then obviously as... as uh, John's outline getting set piece again, which happens too frequently at the moment. I think we've had uh, three or four of those in the last 10 games whereby we've just gone to sleep. Uh, ball's come in and somebody's got their head on it or got a foot to it and it's it's trickled in. So very disappointing from that point of view. I think we could very easily have gone on to win that game because we were on top throughout the match. But uh, as we know, the, the new players are coming in and doing very well. Absolutely. So, just quickly, and this one has divided fans. Uh, I'm going to ask you both. I'll come to you first, John. Was it the right thing to do for Beck to take the red card? Um. Well, hindsight is a great thing, isn't it? So you, you you look at the goal that's conceded later on, but I think maybe a substitution or, or a, a, a change in the plan would have maybe helped that anyway. Uh, our bet could have very well been on the pitch and we still would have conceded. So I, I'd say yes. Um, we, one of the best examples of taking the, the card is probably, I think it was, um, was it Atletico Madrid and Real Madrid? And the Real Madrid player, had um, forgot who it was now, had ended up just fouling the Atletico striker, getting sent off. The game goes to penalties and they win the game. He's, he's lauded a hero, so it's a bit of a gamble, isn't it? Obviously, when it happens, but in that in that instant moment in time, you, you, you're just thinking about the team and, and not wanting to concede a goal, not not your personal, you know, I want to play 90 minutes, or I don't want to, I don't want to serve a ban. I think you know, there's players that can come in and deputise, like the obviously they did in, Ac- in the Accrington game. I think you've just got to take the medicine there. Uh, obviously, Smallwood's let, let him down, but yeah, just got to he's got to just take it there. Robbie, do you agree with John's insight into that? Yeah, absolutely. And I'm just thinking of other occasions whereby it's been a red card that's been worthy. Thinking back to Luis Suarez, I think it was in 2010 World Cup, where he batted the, the ball down as it was floating into the, the back of the net and um, they got a penalty, which they missed. Um, and Uruguay then went on to, to qualify. So, yeah, I think sometimes it that's obviously an extreme example in a, a cup tournament. But I think, yeah, at that point, he wasn't going to catch him. He'd obviously slipped. He knew he couldn't possibly catch him. And anyone who says that he was trying to get the ball, I think needs to watch it back again mm. because he knew what he was doing. Yeah, I think if they're saying that, I think they need to reassess the situation. Indeed. <laughs> yeah, I actually agree with you both. I think it was the right decision. Uh, it would be easy to say, oh, we conceded and we ended up losing two points, getting a draw. But Berk wasn't to know that we was going to concede. We, you know, we, we did have, you know, the right players on the pitch to hold out for uh, for three points. However, this is League One, isn't it? It can turn in an instant. I felt like we was on top in that game. I felt like we were comfortable. Um, it just shows you just we could have done with that second goal earlier on. That would have surely meant the three points would come in with us. However, we we moved on to the Accrington game. So, again, I'm going to run through the team quickly. 
So long return displacing goal. Interestingly, which I'm sure we'll talk about, uh, Coyle gets a start right back in the league. Alfie Jones comes in for Beck. Jacob Greaves, Callum Elder, Doherty, Honeyman and Smallwood. And then Gavin White and rather interestingly, Keen Lewis Potter gets a start and Malik Wilkes. So, Robbie, I'm going to come to you for your reaction on this one first. What was your reaction to the Accrington-Stanley win? I think it was a fantastic match uh, to watch, not even just as a whole City fan, but from a neutral point, it was very attacking in the first first half. Very frustrating how we couldn't quite break them down. The first goal that we scored, I mean, that turn just proves exactly why King Lewis Potter is by far the best signing we could ever have hoped for. Tying him down to a long-term contract in this window, I think, is the best bit of business we'll do for a very long time. Um, he's obviously got a huge future ahead of him and to turn on the ball like that and then put a pass on a plate to Wilkes as he did, I think was outstanding. Second half, um, again, we completely dominated. I think, to be honest, 3-0 probably flattered them in the second half. We had 18 shots and any number of them could have gone in and it would have easily been 5-6-7-0, so... We were unfortunate. I think we probably need to work. I know it sounds ridiculous saying this because we won 3-0, but we probably need a little bit of target practice and training just to um, get the, the new guys up to shape. Crowley had three decent chances, which all of them went wide or over. So just need to try and get, get the ball on target a little bit more. Excellent. Thank you, Robbie. Do you agree with that insight, John? Yeah, definitely. Uh, Robbie mentioned the 10 from Lewis Potter. It just shows the, the bit of quality that he, that he has. Um, I, I listened to the interview afterwards with him, and he said, "You know, it was a, it was the right moment to try to try something." Um, and that I like the way he phrased it, really, rather than saying, "You know, I, just, I did that." He just went, "It's the right moment to try something." We need that creative flair, the players who want to try stuff in the final third, because that's where you take the risks. And if you've got players like that and players like Wilkes who make decent runs, then you're going to create chances out of you. Because, like we say, League One is where a lot of defenses will try and remain compact and try and. Uh, defended a low block against us so the creativeness of Pot- Lewis Potter was brilliant there um, You could for the second goal you could say um, White was in the, the white place at the white time uh, so I'll go with another one there um, if, if you listen closely you can, you can actually hear me and Robbie cowling in the corner <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but yeah uh, and then McGinn- <laughs> and McGuinness's pen was a funny one because I don't know if you saw like a little exchange afterwards with him and Wilkes. I don't know if I was really into that, but just, I wonder if there was a bit of an argument over the pen. But uh, yeah, there was a few, definitely yeah, a few. Yeah, yeah it's just really. obviously, but it just shows how much they want. They want the goals, and how much they want to score. And Wilkes as well got quite a ruthless nature about him, and he wants to get more goals. And credit to him because obviously he's, that's a couple on the bounce now for him. So yeah, good good result. Um, and yeah, uh, obviously Lewis Potter's a bit like Robbie said. One of the biggest pieces of news, really. We'll probably get onto that a little bit more. But it just shows his effect on the team uh, and the freedom that they play with. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with both of what you said there. I think the, the match against Accrington really signified uh, the end to the KLP saga. Um, and we put a performance in that was a team together, a team composed and a team that's really focused on getting promotion now on that. You know, we was wishing for this uh, over the last few episodes, weren't we, John? Um, we yeah. just, all we wanted was this KLP uh, saga to be over. And that is what we're capable of, you know, when 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 this team isn't distracted, when the team is focused, they can put in a performance like that. And I think it's probably a great time now to play Portsmouth in a top-of-the-league clash, which we'll come on to shortly. So, speaking of KLP... Uh, and all the uh, contracts, negotiations, etc. I've got a list of everyone we've transferred in and out this transfer window, and I'm going to ask you both your opinion on all of these. Um, you can you can say if they're good or they're bad. Uh, you can give a score out of ten if you if you feel so inclined. So let's start with the outs. So Max Sheaf has gone on loan to Torquay United for the end of the season. Robbie, what's your thoughts on that? Good good decision? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's great for him. He needs to go out and play football. He's not obviously not going to get that 
game time in the first team this season, given the competition and the amount of quality we've got in those areas. So I think it's a fantastic opportunity for him to go and play some football, get some regular game time, hopefully come back stronger. If you look at what Greaves achieved when he went out on loan to Cheltenham last season, come back a much better player. So let's hope uh, some regular game time will, will be good for him. Green with those comments, John? Yeah, definitely. Uh, Robbie and I saw Sheaf play against Gainsborough uh, at the beginning of the season, the pre-season friendly, and he did look a little bit lightweight. He, look, he looked like he wasn't quite, although he's quite a tall lad, um, he wasn't quite physical enough for, for senior football. Um, he was obviously, he went on loan with Greaves last season, didn't play as much, and you can really tell because Greaves has gone on to and kicked on a lot, whereas, you know, Sheaf's development may require him just to, to have a few, you know, extra learn spells, but, you know, at least he's still part of McCann's thinking. Um, he hasn't gone permanently and, you know, there is a future there for him if he does well. It, it, he's proven that this season by playing the youngsters, McCann. Okay, thank you very much. Jordy Device has gone on loan to QPR until the end of the season. John, what are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, um, I think I arranged his, his Uber there, actually. Uh, I was delighted. Um, just not happy with really how he was maybe conducting himself when we were we were going down in games. I know there was this sort of image last season of him where he was like bleeding and, you know, screaming that sort of like passion and things. But I just feel like when the going got tough, really, I didn't see the best of him. And um, maybe if he was an English player rather than a, a Dutch signing, we may have just lost the patience with him a little bit sooner. Um, I'm, I'm very happy because I, I know how good Jacob Greaves is and, and, and the, the sort of, plethora of options that we have at centre-half. So I was I was absolutely fine with him going, to be honest. Robbie, are you agreeing with that assessment? To a certain extent, yes. Um, it does concern me that it's more of a financial decision, um, given his wage would probably be quite high in the team, I would imagine now. Um, I think that's probably the main reason we've got rid of him. And obviously, he's got six months left on his contract. So they've seen an opportunity to make a few pounds, then that's what they've done. It does concern me, as I say, that if we do get injuries or red cards, which can happen frequently at centre-half, um, the options might not be quite as strong. I did, I do agree with John in that um, he's suffered recently with his form. He's obviously got a mistake in him. We've all seen him make quite a few mistakes, particularly in the Championship, which has caused some goals. Um, but, I, as I say, I think when he's on form, Beginning of the season is a clear example. First four games, didn't let one goal in between him and Burke. And I think they were the strongest centre-back partnership in the league by far. But started to come off form and, and Greaves has obviously taken his chance and has absolutely every right to remain in that side because he's been outstanding. Awesome. Thank you very much. And finally, Hadiba uh, Adelican has been recalled by Bristol City. What are your thoughts on this one, Robbie? Yeah, disappointing. I, I think it would have been nice. I think he just scored a goal before he went back as well, um, which was a nice little send-off from him. But unfortunately, we've, uh, he's been recalled. There's nothing we can do about that. Fingers crossed White will be uh, will be a decent enough replacement for him. But I don't think he necessarily set the league on fire. He did well. But um, I'm not sure we'll miss him because we've got somebody who looks just as strong coming to replace him. OK, coming to you now, John. And really, I want you to... Please don't sit on the fence this time. <laughs> I know. Well, I mean, like Robbie said, I was switching back on that device thing. He said about the contracts. I think that was quite a lot, the the weighting of, of what I was thinking. With, in terms of Adelican, completely agree with Robbie there. A uh, really good squad player, especially when you consider that our options after that was quite often McCann would try and play Lewis Potter out wide or, or McGuinness out wide or someone else. So I, I feel like an out-and-out winger is, was really useful to us and, I thought it was a, a, quite a handy player. So it's good that we've got another winger in uh, as a replacement because it's just a shame. But with the loans, that's the risk that comes with it. You know, the parent club can recall and with COVID and everything else going on, you know, squads are depleted all over the place. OK, thank you very much. And right, that's that excludes, that is finishing the transfers out. We've got three players that have come in. So the first one I'm going to ask you to talk about is Jordan Flores, who... On some uh, reports, he has 
commanded a fee and the fee is, is undisclosed. But on certain sources, the source says that we didn't pay a penny for him from Dundalk. So assuming we haven't paid anything, John, what are your thoughts on Jordan Flores? Uh, I'm not too sure, to be honest. I don't know that much about him. So I can't really pass too much judgment. What I would say is obviously they've, they've seen something um, and the, the, the scouting system is um, usually quite particular when we're bringing players in. You know, quite a lot of the time you've seen with in the past when we've even turned down the likes of Charlie Austin over small things. So I feel like the way, obviously, the Alums work is, yes, obviously, he's a little bit cheaper, which will be a massive factor in it, but they are quite... Um, not pedantic, but quite particular with how they bring players in and, and quite detailed. So I feel like they'll have done the research on him. Hopefully, he can he can cut it in the, in the team because really we don't want to be bringing in players to fill the squad because we've got a lot of young players. We want to be bringing players in that will push those first eleven and get us back to that championship standard again. Awesome, thank you. And Robbie, do you agree with John's assessment, or do you have anything more to add? Yeah, I completely agree. I think given our transfer policy, it would be unlikely that we paid much, if anything, for him. Um, and it comes with very little risk, obviously, with him being a free agent or as close to as a free agent. Um, and if it doesn't work out, obviously, we can send him on. I don't believe we'll be paying him a huge amount of money to come to the club, considering where he's come from. So I don't think it comes with a huge risk. And he has obviously got an amazing goal, in, as we've all seen. So yeah. I don't see any reason why he can't be a success in the team. I think League One is a fantastic foundation to start from in this in this country. So I think if he's ever going to make it, he needs to start here. Yeah, and for, for those listeners who haven't seen that goal, I will share it on our page. Uh, so two more to go through. We've got, uh, you just mentioned previously, Gavin White has joined us on loan from Cardiff. Robbie, what are your thoughts on that decision? Yeah, as I said, direct replacement for uh, Adelican, so I think it, it makes complete sense. What I always like to do, to be honest with you, is have a look on the forums and see what the the supporters of the club they've come from are actually saying about the player. And a lot of them, you know, mixed reviews, but the majority of them were saying that they'd miss him. Um, if given more game time, he'd be a success. And they all sort of wished him well in League One. They thought he'd be a success in League One. What we've seen so far, cannot deny that he's, he's obviously got a cross in him, a finish in him. Uh, he can pick out a pass and, and his, his movement's fantastic. Um, coming into the club, assisting a goal and, and scoring one within your first two games is a fantastic start for anyone. Absolutely. John, do you agree? Yeah, I completely agree with everything Bobby said there. Um, I, I just like how he he's just quite direct, really, with his with his play. And um, I feel like he's, he's complimented the side well when he's come in, so... Again, another Northern Irish um, player as well, so I kind of get on, obviously get on with him. And um, with the game, with the games coming thick and fast, uh, we're obviously going to have to have a good squad. So yeah, he said it again the other day. Brilliant. He says it all the time. I'm glad you picked up on that, mate, because yeah. I'm getting wound up by it. <laughs> it's his favourite go-to phrase now. He, he says the phrase "thick and fast, thick and fast" now. It does, yeah. The phrases are coming thick and fast. <laughs> right. So, finally, I'm just going to ask you to assess the loan signing of Dan Crowley from Birmingham City. John, what are your thoughts on that one? Um, well, bought him on FIFA 20 uh, from a Hull City team. Uh, that's all I know really about him. But he, he, he turned out quite a good signing. So, hopefully, he replicates that. I bought him for Hull City as well. So, it does uh, fits him well. But... In terms of his actual real life, obviously not not seeing too much of him. Uh, but again, yeah, bringing in an, another midfielder. Um, just it'd be interesting to see his role in the team and 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 if he does cement a, a regular starting spot in the team and what the plan is going forward. If he's someone that we want to keep hold of going into next season, uh, is it with a view to a permanent deal? Uh, I'm not. I'm not sure that was specified. Um, but right, okay. Um, what was that? Right? Yeah, I think he's out of contract at the end of the season. Right, okay. Yeah, interesting to see. Uh, but yeah, hopefully he's got. You know, he had a couple of chances, like um, Robbie mentioned earlier, and it'd just be good to see if we can can get him playing and see if we can 
contribute that sort of um, that not obviously not comparing him to Lampard, but that sort of eight rule where you're arriving late in the box and you you're getting yourself on the end of some some rebounds and you're trying to get some goals. Okay, and finally, um, just going to ask you both: Do we need any more signings in this transfer window, Robbie? I don't think so. No, I, th- I think we're pretty well covered. It, ideally, it would would have been nice to sign a number nine. Um, just following on from what John said, I'm not entirely sure where Crowley would fit into the four three three system because he's a natural number ten. Mm. But um, hopefully, KLP will fit that that number nine role nicely. Uh, he seemed to do quite well in it yesterday. Um, so I don't necessarily know if we do need another another signing. A goalkeeper would have been nice as well, as we know there are mistakes in the two goalkeepers that we have, but they'll compete and they'll probably push each other to be better throughout the rest of the season. So fingers crossed, I think we're pretty well covered now. John, do you think we need any more signings? I, I'm not. I, I don't think we do. I think I'm quite happy with the squad, to be honest. I'm really happy with how the likes of Fleming have, have, have you know, shown that we've got some good depth in the defence. Obviously, blessed at the right back position. McCann said he's got you know the two best right backs in the league in the same team. Could probably agree with him in, with that. And it's good that Long's been pushing Ingram, and you know, obviously, he's getting a few starts. And I see that that challenge all over the pitch, and especially with KLP being our most important signing, um, getting that new deal. I think we're pretty well set all over the pitch at this moment in time. Yeah, I think I agree with that. I think the KLP coming back in to start, it felt like to me that was a new signing um, and that'll give the team a boost. And also, I think McCann showed his hand uh, by recalling Billy Chadwick from his loan spell at Halifax. So I think he's probably... Ideally, would like another striker, but probably will accept the fact that the Allens aren't going to splash the money. And he came out and he has said, you know, we may not get another striker, if at all. So, Just a quick one uh, on that, Alex. What, what are your thoughts on Dan Batty at the minute? Because obviously he's not getting the, the amount of runner games that he, he necessarily did last season. Do you think he needs to, to go on loan with obviously fewer cup games and stuff in the second half of the season? Yeah, probably a good shout. I mean, the under twenty threes played today, didn't they? And that was a very strong side, and it included Dan Batty. Um, so, that, ideally, you, you wouldn't want him playing in the under twenty threes. Ideally, you'd want him playing um, some first team football. So, if he can go out and do and get a get a team like Chadwick has done and she Chief have done, um, you know, and that. Uh, Festus Arthur was about to get go to a club that was rumoured, and he, he got injured unfortunately. But yeah, the more the more players you've got out on loan, the better. It's whether McCann feels comfortable if we pick up an injury with Smallwood. Um, you know, what other options have we got there? That you thinking maybe Slater? Um, so who knows what's, what's in McCann's thoughts? But yeah, I am a big fan of Dan Batty, and I hope in the long run he, he gets to be uh, a first team regular. Yeah, he's quite he's quite technically tidy, isn't he? That typical under twenty threes player really is good good on the ball technically, but maybe last last season one of the criticisms was that he got maybe bullied by more experienced championship players. So I thought the loan spells would have actually been quite a good thing for him to go out maybe to League Two on the you know, like a short term loan deal. Doesn't have to be the end of the season and, and just get a run of games. But um what do you think, Robbie? Do you do you rate Dan Batty? My only concern with with Dan Batty is, from what I've read, he doesn't want to stay at the club. He's uh, he's out of contract at the end of this season, and we've already triggered his his one year extension. So, as far as I can make out, he's he's committed to leaving. That's probably why he's been frozen out of the first team. I do think he's got a lot of ability, but I think you hit the nail on the head. He has been bullied off the ball many times. Um, mm. His passing, his distribution is outstanding, but. Um, especially wing-to-wing player um, and putting people through on goal. But I just don't believe he's got the natural ability that some of our central midfielders have, and particularly our number eights at the minute. Yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. OK, thank you for that transfer discussion. So we're going to move on and we're going to have a prediction for the next two league games that are coming up. So it's first versus second on Saturday 
as we take on um, Portsmouth uh, away. So, Robbie, what are your thoughts on this game? Great side, Portsmouth. They've got some fantastic players. They're probably my tip to go up with ourselves as automatic um, contenders. I think it will be us and Portsmouth. They've obviously got a fantastic centre-forward who bags goals for fun, has done for many years. Um, and they've also got some other decent players around him, that wingers and, and such that are always supporting him and always creating chances. And as we saw at the KCOM, don't necessarily need many chances, don't even need a shot on goal and they can still come away with a 2-0 victory. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it'll be, it'll be a very tough fixture, especially at Bratton Park. And I'm slightly concerned with this one, um, purely based on how we played before. However, I think you've outlined it perfectly when you said the introduction of the new contract for, for KLP should have a massive impact on the squad. And him starting, I think we've seen in the last match, just makes such a difference to the way that we play and the way we come out from from the very beginning, which is what we need. We need to start strong. We need to be on the front foot and we need to attack the ball and, and break them down. I think if we sit back, they could cause us some, some problems. That Harness is a fantastic player down the wing. So if we are to sit back, it could cause us some real troubles. Absolutely. And I must... Uh... Uh, apologies, I've made a mistake. It was first versus third as uh, Lincoln a second uh, on equal points to us. John, what are your thoughts for first versus third when we play Pompey on Saturday? Yeah, it'll be an interesting game because obviously looking at the table, they've got a game in hand and obviously with the last game, two on goals and we're now going to Fratton Park, which as Robbie said, difficult place to go. I don't think either team would be too disappointed with a draw. I think a draw for us would be a good result given the fact that we're going away from home to one of the best teams in the league. Yeah. Also, who won 4-0 in the last game, so they've, they're a quite free-scoring side as well. But then again, draw isn't too bad for Portsmouth because they've got a game in hand on us, so it keeps the gap the same to one point behind with a game in hand, so quite a favourable position for them in, in regards to points as well. So it'll be interesting. I, I, I'm, going, I'm going to predict a draw um, because I don't think, you know, late on in the game where it is quite tense potentially, can't see either team, you know, going gung ho the the last last couple of minutes. Okay, absolutely. Is it, are you going for a one-one then? Yeah, one-one. I was going to stretch to a Desmond, but I think both defenses are relatively solid as well. So I think a one-one. Robbie, I'd you be gonna... happy with that. I'd be yeah. very happy with it, with the draw at the Bratton Park. I think, like I say, they are favourites, but Jones has stepped up very well to to take better position. So if he starts again. I think we could see, uh, could could be quite surprised at how well they do at the back. And I'd be happy if they only if they only conceded one goal on, on Saturday and we came away over draw. I'd be happy with that. He's a Southampton lad, Jones, as well, isn't he? So yeah, be uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. he'll be up for that. Yeah, it's tasty that. Okay, and then following on from that game, Accrington, we play them again on Tuesday night. This time away. Uh, but same kickoff time, five thirty. Uh, Robbie, what are your thoughts on this one? Well, I, I, I hate to say that it will be a repeat of the last match, but looking at the centre back that was sent off, he is their player of the season so far. Um, Burgess has has been outstanding for them, and the majority of them fans would agree that he's probably the best player they've had, and the stats certainly say so. So if they're missing him because they don't have a game on Saturday. So their next game, naturally, is us next Tuesday. I think um, they struggled with him. So imagine what it would be like without him. Um, if we attack with the same intensity, don't really give him much time on the ball. The quality we've got in our starting eleven now, bringing in the subs um, and the lone players, I think I think a win would 100% be my uh, my prediction. I would predict probably 2-0. 2-0. And goal scorers? I like the look of Crowley, to be honest. I think he was unfortunate not to score. His, uh, as I say, his distribution and his ability on the ball to get around players is, is amazing. So I'd like to think he'll score, depending on whether or not he does get a start in the side. I'm not sure because everybody else is playing so well. And I would say Wilkes will probably score again because he's, uh, he's firing all cylinders at the minute. Yeah. Should we have a little talk about Wilkes in a minute? But yeah, I'm going to come to you first, John. What are your yeah. thoughts? 
Um, shame it isn't a, a tie, a second leg tie where you're 3-0 up already and you feel like the tie's done, but it'd be a good feeling for us if we can give them that same shock of of that kind of feeling, really. So if we can get a few early goals, they'll just think, here we go again, um, try and break them mentally early on. I think they'll obviously be quite wary of, of KLP and Wilkes, um, but I, I am tipping KLP to get um, his first goal since his new deal. I think, um, you know, it just shows the quality, to be honest, and... and you know, there'll be a lot of different styles of play. Looking at obviously McGinnis came on, Wilkes, KLP. We've got a good range of of different styles of play, and I think we can try and use that to our advantage and and come away with. We'll go with a two nil this time, uh, but yeah, a couple of early goals, and I think it'll just be one of those sort of performances where we just see the game out. Um, but yeah, KLP and Wilkes. I'm going to go for with the second goal. Excellent. So you've both gone for a Wilkes goal. There's been a lot of divided fan opinion on Wilkes uh, since the Accrington game. Uh, now, I, I've got my opinion on this, but I'm going to come to you two first. Now, really quickly, what's your opinion on Wilkes and his decision-making in the final third? And his, shall we, a lot of fans are saying that he's greedy and doesn't pass enough. And that was highlighted by, you know, we, we could see McInnes' facial impressions during the game. But yeah, John, what are your thoughts on Wilkes? I think you need that kind of player in your team. He's a bit of a maverick. We've, we've said this before about him, uh, the way he sort of carries himself. He's got the, the socks rolled down um, kind of look. And it, we need we need players like that because, you know, a lot of people might say Jack Grealish is, is greedy for Villa, but he takes the ball forward and makes things happen. And when we can have a player like that in Wilkes, who I believe is just way too good for this league. I don't mind it as much. I think maybe something that can be coached with him because like he's a young player still. He's his early twenties, so his education's still continuing. If we can sort of coach that into his game and try and I think when when you get a player like De Bruyne, for example, who values the assists as much as the goals, then you've got you've got something there. You've got a really good recipe. And I mean, even like if I go back to the Greenish example, he says that he watches these players all the time so he can continuously learn and, and if Wilkes wants to get to the level which I think he does the Premier League, he needs to sort of maybe look at some of these players and think, right, I've got the goals, I've got the, that ability about me. Now can I maybe pick the right moments to pass? But like I say, an egg for goals is never really a bad thing. Robbie, do you agree with that? Yeah, I completely agree. It's, uh, we, we've seen in the past fans moan and complain when players don't have a shot and do pass the ball. So this is a key example of someone who's got the confidence and the ability. He is in my opinion, by far the most naturally gifted player we've got at the club um, and will be a Premier League player once one, one day if he is, does receive the correct coaching. I'm not 100% sure if McCann is the man to coach him to be that player because although he's playing very well, I suspect he could play a lot better. His decision-making could be better and he could just pick out the pass when he needs to and there were opportunities to do that in the last few games. But as as John said, completely agree. He needs to just continue um, breaking forward as often as he can. And, and when he does see the opportunity to shoot, there's no reason why he shouldn't. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I've, I've thought about this long and hard. And when I was a bit younger, I just I was a, I was black and white on this. I was like, well, no, it's a disgrace. You know, you need to pass. Uh, you know, because we've had, we've had players like this in the past. However. Having learned a bit more about the psychological side of the game as I've got older and studying PE and GCSE level and stuff, being uh, an arrogant kind of player can make you a better player if you use that correctly. Now, in Wilkes's case, I think it's just learning when is is good to pass and when when to be greedy. I think he he just sometimes his decision making. And it's easy for us to say when we're watching, you know, we are, we are seeing it from Wilkes' point of view, but, you know, I'm sure McGuinness is screaming for that ball sometimes. And I think if it had chucked a couple of crosses in rather than shooting uh, against Atkinson, we could have ended up with four or five. But however, like, like I agree with you, John, he's literally, it's easy to forget he's only 21. Um, and, you know, he's got a bright future ahead of him if, with the right coach. I, yeah. I think as well in this league, when you look at, the girl from White on the on the, the other night, he's obviously followed it in, anticipating Wilkes is going to shoot, and he's, he's got the, the the rebound off the keeper and followed it up. So 
you've got to just, you know, he's got to learn that himself. Could he have just squared it to White and then easy goal anyway, easy tap in? Maybe, so the players around him are going to anticipate that he's going to shoot and try and play off that. And then he's got to maybe learn right in that last that last situation. Didn't get didn't get the goal. Maybe this time I should go for the easy one for the team. All right, excellent. So our final feature for tonight, and we anticipate this will be short lived. This is the argue, arguably probably the most difficult Hull City alphabet letter Q. So Robbie, I'm going to come to you first. Have you got anything for letter Q? No need to form I, I a queue. I found this really hard, to be honest. Like I, I'm struggling. I, the obvious choice is Stephen Quinn. Yeah, that's the first one that popped into my mind. Um, but I'm sort of racking my brain trying to think of some others. Go on, help us out, John. Well, I'm just going to bring up some of Quinn's stats because he was really a staple point in our in our team under Bruce, and um, obviously you remember his involvement in the in the FA Cup final as well, um, setting up was it Curtis Davis goal with the cross. Uh, so 85, 85 appearances, four goals, uh, which was quite surprising really. I thought he'd got a few more goals than that, but it wasn't really, it never really lacked in terms of his performances anyway because he was always a really hard-working player. He just, he seemed to be really good on the ball, um, especially when I'd, when I'd seen him playing for Sheffield United as well. Just thought I always admired him as a player. So when he came to us, I just thought, what great, what great signing this is, um, and yeah, he really did define that that area of players that obviously we all we all miss <laughs> at this moment in time. Um, he's actually well, he's in our league, isn't he? Uh, he's at Man- Man- Mansfield on loan from Burton, so there we go. Um, what what two other ones have we got? Did anyone suggest a Alex on the on the Twitter? Because I'm looking at these names here, and I can't say that I would have got any of these in a month of Sundays. Yeah, oh, sorry. Um, so, Quinn or Quiniester was mentioned by Alan Atkinson, Benedict Soussiar, William Young, Mark Spite and East Hill Tiger. The other ones uh, I've got on... Uh, so, the other, the other one that was mentioned by the Twitter following was Quigley, uh, Mike Quigley. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, he... Well, he was a little bit more... To, well, towards the beginning of our era, wasn't he? 1999, 2000. Yeah. Uh, uh, oh, and mid-90s, actually. 95 to 98. 95 to 98. Yeah, James Lockwood, Susie, I'm Max, fighting Alan with that one. Uh, to, doing my own research, I did find two more, but you'd have to be very, very knowledgeable um, to remember these. So these two were from the pre-war, uh, pre-World War Two. So there was Quigley's namesake, Dennis. Dennis Quigley, who played for his pre-World War II in 1939. He made two appearances and didn't score any goals. And then, again, pre-World War II, John Quantic. I think I've hopefully I pronounced that right. If anyone knows any different, please give it a shout. Again, mm-hmm. World War II, 88 appearances and one goal, 1933 to 1937. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that is all for the lesser Q. All right, well, just on a quick one on Dennis Quigley, found out some information just now. He's actually the assistant manager of Charlie FC, obviously, who beat Derby County in the last round of the FA Cup. So they have got Wolves uh, in the fourth round, 22nd of January. So if I'm not mistaken, that's this Friday. So best of luck, Dennis, because obviously I know you're listening to Wise Men Say Hull City podcast. Uh, and uh, have a good one over Wolves. Yeah, excellent. Yeah, short-lived letter Q, but I think we can safely say Quinny Esther takes, takes the biscuit there. Yeah. Was, was a uh, key player in our FA Cup run. And also was part of that. Um, we had a real good Irish contingent at the time, didn't we? We had Myla, yeah. Quinn, McShane, and that was sort of like Brilliant. a bit hard-working, uh, teamwork sort of players. So, yeah, yeah. seventh for the club. So that just about concludes us this episode. Robbie, have you enjoyed joining us this evening? Yeah, it's been fun. I'd quite like to come on again. It's, uh, it's always nice to review the games we mates, especially. So, yeah, quite like to do it again. No yeah. problem. We can arrange that. <laughs> yes. Yes, we've def- definitely enjoyed having you on. So, 
you know, we'll definitely have you on again. Yeah, thank and, you very much, Robbie. Yeah, and I thought oh, thank you. a lot of interesting insight as well. Indeed, indeed. Thanks, Alison. No, you're welcome. Thank you for joining me again, John. No problem. Really enjoyed it. Looking forward to the uh, the weekend game against Portsmouth and then obviously the second leg of our cup tie against Accrington. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So thank you very much to both of you and thank you all again uh, on the Twitter following and all the listeners. Thank you to all the support that we're having this year. And let's now, we've, now we put this KLP saga behind us, let's all kick on and enjoy the rest of the season. Podcast Network. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.